Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin. And today is the day. Today is the day that we tackle Yahey. Yes. Vampire Weekend's third album, Modern Vampires of the City. As Kevin was saying right before we hopped on, this is this song's probably the reason this podcast exists. So mm-hmm. very momentous occasion. And it's a song by Outcast, no less. So really kind of <laughs> remarkable how that that turns around. Do you think there was any thought? I mean, obviously there's like a very direct relation as to why it's called Yahe, but like, do you think there was ever a thought? A bunch of you people, know what I mean. A bunch of people have asked him about if there's a connection, and he's just like repeatedly like, no. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> he, he did say in one know. of them that he heard Yahe once, or sorry, he heard Heya once hey, yeah. in his car and had a quasi-spiritual experience. And Because who hasn't? I think we all have. Yeah, yeah. I, I can like, it's it's one of those songs where I can have, I actually remember distinct moments, like if I'm in a car or at a function, it's like, oh, hey, I was playing at that moment. It is that kind of song. I'm just saying he could have put it, he could have, he could have spelled Y-A-H and there would have been no controversy, but he specifically chose Yah-Hey, which has the same spelling. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> there is, we're just stirring the pot. We're just stirring the pot. I just stirring think that there, the pot. there could have, it could have been because Yahweh is spelled with an H in there too. I mean, like you could have done that. Well, I think that's the point, is you're getting away from the spelling. Okay. I mean, you're 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 probably not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's kind of a I I would I would I would maybe make the case that you were right, even if we're, if I'm gonna concede that much. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll dive in, in a little bit, but um but yeah, no, this song it I don't remember what single it was, but it was definitely one of the singles released before the album. Yeah, this and one charted in Mexico, like some of the other ones I saw that. Hey, Mexico is a very religious country, so yeah. Totally, <laughs> um, totally. Yeah, no. Um, the the lyric video um, that's still on YouTube came out with this, and I remember just watching it. Uh, on mm-hmm. repeat just like wow this album's gonna be so good <laughs> it's cool because it, it is a lyric video but there's a, there's enough going on in the background to raise a couple of questions which oh, i appreciate sure. you know like all in all fairly low production value they just needed a couple bottles of champagne and some extras but i mean that's <laughs> that pretty cool you know i want to know how how did they shake it so well like i know it's oh my slow motion but like i cannot get a champagne bottle to pop for that long they probably consulted some folks yeah i've actually never done the shake thing before because it, it just seems wasteful that's not really oh, my bag not that against it, for, it i mean you can do it for want. graduation that's pretty fun yeah i drink, I got, I drink part of it <laughs> after. i don't i guess i I, I, sh- I shouldn't be so picky i don't have as many qualms with that it's it's just it's just kind of funny um yeah. but yeah it does seem it does seem interesting that they were able to do that so well yeah, we we definitely went and got like the cheapest bottle of champagne that we found. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not you're not using the good stuff for sure. <laughs> um, but they they have the uh, Yahe variety champagne in the music yeah, video. Yeah, I, I was gonna say is if that's from the Yahe region of France. I think it has to be. 
Otherwise, it's just sparkling it's, alternative rock juice. Yeah. It's from the Vampire Weekend region. The Vampire Weekend <laughs> region of whichever country. We're going to talk about some countries today, too. France is probably not one of them. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, countries come up. Uh, three big ones. Did you catch talk. a fourth? <laughs> um, oh, well, I mean, five, I guess. Six. Six. Um, yeah, I mean, six. like, it depends, depends, on, depends on what we're talking. Six, okay. Um, I mean, this really just kind of hits a lot Four of five. buttons for the band. You know, you're, you're, you're referencing you know, all the hot button topics we've talked about here, Judaism, you know, religion, um, referencing previous groups, um, just coded lyrics. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a, this is a, this is like a, a touchstone for the band. It's a history buff and uh, theology major's dream. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think about, there's anything, there's really not anything else I wanted to get into before we got into lyrics. Did you have anything else like, up front you wanted to talk about um so we can talk about kind of the sound before we dive into the lyrics okay so there's a lot of discourse on the internet about said chipmunks yes <laughs> it's it is totally weird and it i mean i would say it's the most distinctive part of the song musically mm-hmm. it's the first thing i think of when i think of how <laughs> the song sounds yeah i never had a problem with it i thought it sounded good I don't have an issue with it either. A lot, a lot of folks had an issue with it, and they said it didn't fit the song. I don't think it took away from anything in particular. Yeah, you it, know, it felt like to me like if you're going to have a song centered on a person's relationship with religion, it makes sense that there is almost a sort of chanting that's not of this world in the background. I like the idea of it being like almost dissonant, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't read into that. I just kind of thought it's like, it's there. It's not that big of a deal, but that's, I, I like that. I like that it's, a lot. It's almost like the people chanting it have this relationship with God while the narrator is like, I don't understand how you can have that. And so they don't even understand so what it's, they're saying. It's, it's still a part of the picture, but it's not, you know, it's not the narrator's opinion at that point. I, I you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I that's can vibe. Nice. I can vibe with that. Yes. Yeah, it's, but yeah, the song, like you said, it centers on um, history and religion and the narrator's relationship to said both, <laughs> both history and religion, uh, mm. but specifically them confronting the idea finally, which has been played with throughout this album, but fully confronting the idea of do I do I pick up this relationship with this God or do I move forward um, and follow the secular view of society? Yeah. And the, the fact that this song comes immediately after worship you, mm-hmm. which is kind of this like, you know, pedantic look at, at, at religion is kind of like this, you know, what am I getting out of this? Like, why are you being so picky type deal? You know, and then it sounds like our characters made the, the decision here towards the end mm-hmm. of the album. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, if we want to jump in. Um, so what what is the significance of the title, Kevin? 
So um, the, the Jewish name for God is Yahweh. And that was given to Moses when he was kind of doing his own thing, you know, when he was just a, just a young, young dude uh, prior to the whole, you know, Moses becoming Moses thing. Um, what I never really fully understood here is the significance of Jews not saying God's name. Is that, just, it's a reverence thing. Is that the idea yes. there? So, okay. so in Judaism, God's name is so sanctified and high above that his name shouldn't even be stated and so there are placeholders within Judaism that they use instead um, sometimes that's just marking off like a letter <laughs> to where it's like mm -hmm. the name is written but then it's like kind of a letter marked off and you'll see it um, the kind of English version of this is a lot of times when um, um, Jewish people comment on things um, and reference God they do G uh dash d instead mm -hmm. of I've seen so um in the same way this title yahweh is an allusion to the name given to god yahweh but following the jewish tradition of not outright naming him and instead of creating this homophone where when you say yahweh 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 it sounds like yahweh 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 mm -hmm. so um and then i think there is a significance of the words chosen even if they're and mainly it, chosen. the translation of yahweh say that again i think there is a significance of yahweh being the words chosen even if they are chosen specifically to imitate it um in the sense that this is a letter. This whole song is a letter to God, essentially. And so by saying, hey, <laughs> there is a significance there. When you look at the name Yahweh, you're right. It's it, to say, hey, is a little bit more flippant. It's a little more casual. And when you think about how, you know, so much of Judaism is talking about, you know, closeness to God, relationship to God, and how that materializes while we're here on earth. I mean, to address God in such a flippant manner, when, you know, you're not even supposed to say the guy's name. Um, you're right. It's kind of, it's, it's dismissing it a little bit. And we definitely get more of that dismissiveness later in the song. Um, yeah. But it starts off right, right ahead there with the title. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good transition to verse one, where there's a very uh, big case of the dismissiveness, where, oh, sweet thing, Zion doesn't love you, and Babylon don't love you, but you love everything. Oh, you saint, America don't love you, so I can never love you in spite of everything. That, oh, you saint, I definitely read as kind of like a, oh, like sarcastic dismissal. Like, oh, totally. Oh, you saint. Absolutely. <laughs> Like, um, oh you're you're higher than us <laughs> it's like he's literally telling god like oh you're higher than us oh you saint how do you feel about our analysis of this song timing up with you know zion williamson's more recent um struggles with the new orleans pelicans <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if ezra's uh, uh able to predict the future number one draft pick of the 20. 18 2019 draft he would he would have been following his like middle school aau campaign <laughs> at that time yeah i don't know if that's realistic <laughs> um but yeah so 
rich in the lore of the Jew, the history of the Jewish people. Uh, the verse one starts with just that. Uh, mm-hmm. Zion, Babylon are two, um, two groups within um, the Torah. Zion being the chosen people, Israel, right? And mm-hmm. then Babylon being the opposite, the, the, the city that has multiple gods that, that does not follow the one true God. And so we see this throughout the song where two different groups are brought up who are drastically different um Mm -hmm. or essentially opposites um zion's the the chosen people the followers of the one true god while babylon is the idol worshipers um that um that are almost like god cast his judgment on them right mm-hmm. but yet neither of them truly love this god yeah it almost feels like a divide and conquer sort of thing um shoot your face just froze up can i can you see me hear me whatever yeah i, I gotta take i gotta take a screen oh i just will I was about to, I was about to take a screenshot of your face because it's really funny looking. Um, sorry about that. Um, anyway, I was saying, yeah, it it feels like people talk about the the phrase "divide and conquer" politically, um, or you know, like in wartime, right? Um, and it kind of feels like that's the device that's being used here. It's like these these polar opposites are 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 feeling just you know separate from what you're dealing with here, um, God wise, you know, because I mean. It's one thing to say you believe in God, but I mean, it's 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 to, to see that lived out or feel that lived out. It's a very different story, and yeah, I mean, you, you could easily see how that 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 connection is being made here. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point of how it's lived out and played out because these people might say they follow the one true God, but over and over again, um, the people of Israel throughout the Torah uh, deny that God and. Uh, follow false idols you, you see it right after them being led out of israel they almost immediately start worshiping a golden calf so mm-hmm. it's just this trend throughout history where even the people chosen to follow god don't absolutely yeah and um, people will nitpick you know the the piousness or 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 the or the I'm trying to think of the word here, how basically how faithful folks are, you know, and he talks about how America don't love you. And a lot of folks will say that America is a Christian nation. I mean, for, I mean, that's basically why people came here in the first place is so they could, you know, find a place to worship their Christianity. But at the same time, you know, people talk about, you know, how pious folks are. And it's, 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 it's a very interesting cultural war that goes on in America with this sort of thing. Um, and, you know, folks are outright dismissing and then some folks are, you know, claiming to be Christian and their actions don't always back it up. It's interesting. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very, very interesting. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's important on that last part of the verse where America don't love you, so I can never love you in spite of everything. It's definitely pointing to America's claim that they are this Christian nation. Yet, in reality, what Christian ideals are being presented within America? Yeah, yeah. So 
Um, you want to avoid the performativeness. And I, I don't blame folks like in Ezra's case or, you know, folks that were raised Catholic and then they just become disillusioned with the faith. You know, I mean, it's hard sometimes. And a lot of what you're coming across just doesn't really resonate with a lot of people. And especially when so much of this is performative, like mm -hmm. it's totally understandable how folks get there, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's essentially him seeing this performative nature and saying, Oh, if that's like the ideal of faith and that ideal is not even following what was taught mm -hmm. is not living their days to where they show their uh, worship of God, then why should I? Yeah. And then I, I, I think the internal dialogue begins to materialize more in these next few verses. But I think, I think that's a good starting point is, is just saying like, no one's making their case here in a way that resonates with me. That's why I'm starting to feel disillusioned. Yeah, but there's definitely still, interestingly enough, very clearly a pull towards that. Um, totally. With the line, in spite of everything. Mm -hmm. And the narrator recognizes that there is a reason for him to follow that. Like, it's not a black and white issue of, oh, yeah, obviously, I'm not going to follow it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, we've talked about it a million times, but I mean, you know, Judaism has such a strong, you know, like cultural pull to it, you mm -hmm. know, so there's part of it there. And also, you know, people want answers for things. People want to feel some sort of security. Um, and I think belief in a higher power, you know, scratches that itch for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And then the pre-course in the dark of this place, there's the glow of your face. There's the dust on the screen of this broken machine. And I can't help but feel that I've made some mistake, but I let it go. Yahey, yahey, yahey. And that mm -hmm. leads directly into the chorus, which we'll dive more into, but um, it is important to note is focused on the encounter of Moses with the burning bush, which mm -hmm. um, God uses to speak through. Um, and that's in Exodus. So I think that's important because the pre-chorus could be read in two ways. I think both are correct. I think it's intended to be read both ways. That one of them being the pre-course leads into that encounter between Moses and God, um, where the dark of the place is that farm area or wherever Moses was. It was night. It was dark. Mm -hmm. But because of the burning bush, there was a like glow from that fire on his face. And then there's the dust on the screen of this broken machine. Um, a lot of people said how that can be an analogy for, um, for how you can't tell how dirty something is until you shine a light on it. Yeah. In the same sense that you can't tell, like Moses wasn't able to tell what was wrong with his life until he was encountered by God and shown that light. Yeah, there's the... Um there's the line from Bojack Horseman where it's um, when you're wearing rose colored glasses, all the red flags look like flags, um, <laughs> which is like, it's like, it's almost too deep. Like it's such a good line, but it's almost too deep. That's what I think of here. Cause you're right. It's like yeah. when you start to become more critical, I mean, it's natural, right. But like when you begin to, you know, look at things in a more critical lens, you're like, Oh shoot, there's some issues here. There's some problems mm -hmm. here. Um, and then, you know, like, 
obviously the word screen you think so much the modern world because you're thinking of you know like your tv or your phone or something like that yeah so I, that's where i think the secondary meaning is is i mean this whole song deals with the history of that relationship um, between the people of israel and god but also the modern day um specifically in regards to the new york jewish millennial that ezra was <laughs> at the mm-hmm. time totally um, i mean i i don't think that's a stretch because the music video is literally people in front of the empire state building popping champagne to the song <laughs> and oh ma- many of yeah. them in uh sackcloth which is a very prevalent thing with throughout scripture i didn't put the sackcloth thing together but you're so right that's like wow that's a good point yeah so it's um yeah i definitely think it's meant to be read both ways in that you could easily picture this being someone at a computer screen with yeah when it's like like at night just like at a computer screen with the glow on the face the dust on the screen um something's broken on the machine um and they're just contemplating what went wrong um i can't help but feel that i've made some mistake but i let it go so maybe it's i'm I'm imagining the picture of the this tweet a numbers guy but maybe he's getting ratioed and then he's realizing (laughs) (laughs) the modern day take so moving on to the chorus now we get to that encounter um, between the narrator and god or moses and god or both so through fire and through the flames yahe 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 you won't even say your name through fire and the flames you won't even say your name only i am that i am but who could ever live that way so Obviously, this is a reference to the band Dragon Force, right? <laughs> I thought the same exact thing. Um, you know, we have the we have the two explicit references to the uh, Desmond Decker song and the Rolling Stones song in the bridge, but this is this is about as concrete as you could get here, folks. <laughs> like um, you, I mean, someone, that song was a big deal from Guitar Hero, so like he had to know. You know, he had to know. Yeah, I think it's just <laughs> poor timing, but. Um, but yeah, so so you get the chipmunks sounds starting to come in saying yahe yahe, but then it starts to say ut deo, which interestingly enough is Latin for to God. And, so, and also interestingly, that lyric in the lyric video, they just flash a question mark. Mm-hmm. So that that's something I didn't quite get because if they're willing to say yahe, why are they not willing to say ut deo? It's also Latin, and Ju- Judaism is not a Latin religion, you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't no, know why that's not. there. <laughs> yeah, so I I think it might be like I said that that choral part of the chipmunk singing in the background might be a distant, removed community that is following God. Um, and part of them might be Christian and that they're saying to God, to God, and they're willing to say like his name, while part mm-hmm. of it might be a Jewish community that's saying Yahe and substituting it. Okay. Um, that being said, it kind of falls apart because Ezra does join in. Um, 
but um another thing about the udeo part though is in the spirit of the homophon of yahweh being yahweh udeo starts to sound kind of like what deo so what god and so it's the blurring okay. of the lines between between faith and the exists um in the presence of that god and doubt because i don't even think what this god? is this song or any of vampire weekend's discography is like a atheism versus um like no. religion it's always an agnosticism versus religion whether, no, because it's, whether it's worth caring i think yeah i think they're very open about like you got nothing against folks to believe in god right mm -hmm. it's just it's it's more a growing apathy with the idea of doing so you know um like and especially you look at the millennial thing like a significant portion of the united states i mean and it's it's a lot of use but like folks aren't necessarily identifying as you know atheist or agnostic they're simply saying oh when they're asked about faith they're just saying you know nothing in particular you know and it's 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 like we said earlier it's, it's disillusionment you know it's and it's it's easy to see why that's happened um but it's you're right it's also not this crazy like i can't be a part of this thing you know mm -hmm. yeah so even when he's making his stance clear on how he's approaching religion there's still that little bit of doubt that comes in for sure yeah and, and you know it's especially when it comes to like abrahamic religions it's like who are we to say that like at least like forty thousand feet up like who are we to say that we're more right or more wrong than like muslims or jews you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. like especially once you start to read more about these religions i mean i feel like we're all just playing the same game in slightly different ways you know and you could see i mean personally selfishly i like what we do a lot as catholics but it's also like yeah you have to be amicable towards other folks in that situation and that could kind of be like a whoa 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 thing too you know because mm -hmm. you could you could you could see animosity building up between those things but also you could just say like why should i pick you know yeah and that's i think it's where the agnosticism comes in for a lot of folks mm-hmm and then we get to verse two, which is probably my favorite verse in the song. Mm -hmm. Oh, the motherland don't love you. The fatherland don't love you. So I love anything. Oh, good God, this faithless, they don't love you. The zealous hearts don't love you. And that's not going to change. So again, it's these opposites coming back and forth. But these opposites both don't love um, this, this Yahweh, <laughs> this, this God figure. And so who, what do you make? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who, who is the motherland? And who is I was going to ask you because, because this, this seems like, like very like interesting. You don't, don't see the phrase fatherland that often. I mean, motherland, I obviously think of as, you know, well, shoot. Now I'm thinking about this because I feel like one of these should be the promised land. Right. So initially, but it's but, almost like, yeah. So I guess my thought is like one of them should be, but like the other thing is, you know, many, many, many Jews do not have a relationship personally with the promised land, you know? Mm -hmm. So it feels to me as if one of these should be not, it's almost, maybe it's like a, it's a Holy land versus diaspora, uh, diaspora thing. It could be right as that. Totally. That's, I, that's, I mean, that's my, that's my first guess at it. What did you think? 
So I guessed it as motherland being mother Russia, which is this communist like entity that so Soviet Union, Russia. Um, and then fatherland is Nazi Germany. And so in that sense, you have both ends of the political spectrum and they both, they both don't follow God. And the, the reason what I think favors this is that in the first one, you have Babylon and Zion, where one explicitly states they don't follow God, while one explicitly states they do, but neither mm -hmm. actually do. Communist Russia was very anti-religion, right? And they, they banned most religions. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, they turned churches into like gymnasiums. Yeah. I saw, I, I, I was, I know I, I, I had the pleasure, is pleasure the right word? It was, it was fascinating. I saw, I saw St. Petersburg for a few days, like when I was in high school and first of all, it's just surreal being there, but yeah, you, you tour these churches and you're like, yeah, this was a ice skating rink for 80 years. Jeez. You know, it's just very interesting. That's um, it also sounds like what you're saying here is that we're proving the horseshoe theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of the fatherland being Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany thought they were like a Christian, like, group <laughs> totally yeah and, and they they are the quintessential group you bring up when you say christianity gone wrong ab um, absolutely um and it's 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 awful to think of the many times that christianity has been used as a weapon it's awful to think of any time any religion's been used as a mm -hmm. weapon you know it's it's it, it it happens today still i mean we've, we've got the whole israel palestine thing happening i mean um and all sorts of weird you know yeah, what, i mean you know so, even russia ukraine russia has been using the russian orthodox church to further their propaganda recently oh my gosh yeah and the whole they're harboring neo-nazis thing is like just yeah. freaking wild yeah russia invading ukraine bad hot take yeah <laughs> we're we're really it's uh, i you know we're, we're all populists on this podcast but you know we're very anti-war in this case um yeah not war, war bad war bad especially when country invade defense or country that didn't do just, anything yeah unprovoked <laughs> just, yeah, yeah unprovoked, it's, it's like you know. i you, you shouldn't sucker punch people folks it's not it's not great yeah um so yeah then you get to faithful the more explicit reference to opposing groups where the faithless they don't love you, but even the zealous hearts and mm -hmm. people that claim they are very faithful, they don't love you as well. And that's not going to change. That's been happening forever. That's been happening since Zion and Babylon. Oh, totally. I think about it all the time, um, you know, at mass, the, when the collection basket goes around and not obviously not to like make any specific <laughs> like comments about people giving money. I mean, you should alms give, but the whole, the, the, the classic story of, um, you know, the Jewish elders, like, probably giving their money and like it's like you should make a show of it right mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
That being said, be charitable, folks. Doesn't have to be a church, <laughs> but give give money to people. Yeah. Help help the Ukraine relief effort. Help people yep. at the border. I mean, give give money. But like, it's this whole thing about how people being like performative with it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I I think that's a lot of the narrator's issues with uh, those who say they're religious is that it's it's a lot of performance mm-hmm. and not action. Absolutely. So what did you think of this next stanza? And it's all, yeah, I, I think you make a good point about, you know, explicitly referencing the, sorry, I, y- y- you cut out, I started to say something and then you didn't get back to me. Okay. So I think finish, we lost a little finish, there. Reese to state what you're going to say. I was going to pose a question. I was going to, I was going to echo your point about how, you know, when you say that's not going to change, you make a good point, you know, the, our narrator here is just taking what they've seen. They've said like, Hey, this has always been the case. And you know, it's, you got to make some assumptions here. It's not unreasonable to assume this is the way things are going to continue to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think you make a good point there where it's like, I'm, it, 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 it gives a little bit more credence to what our narrator here is talking about and saying, Hey, we've got reasons to be disillusioned. We've got reasons to not want to be a part of this anymore. Like it's, it's, you're making a case it's it's your it's your classic five paragraph essay definitely so what did you think of that next stanza because this one kind of threw me through a loop honestly part of me is like it's just a critique of modernism which is like weird and kind of beatnik-y but like also isn't like that out of pocket i feel like all the cameras and files all the paranoid styles all the tension and fear of a secret career. I guess with the secret career line, that kind of loses me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel like a bit of an okay computer kind of like people are nervous, people are like different today kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, that could be that. That's just that's my first thought. I don't feel terribly strongly about it, but that is my first thought. Yeah, I mean that could be a take. I I honestly really have nothing. I tried to dig in and um yeah so someone was saying like the all-knowing nature and all-seeing nature of god is the all the cameras and files all the paranoid styles okay tension and fear but then it's like of a secret career what the heck does that mean the paranoid styles could be you know all of your various you know first of all religions and then all of Mm -hmm. your various you know you sects of judaism you know uh, divisions of christianity that could be your paranoid styles quote unquote yeah definitely yeah i, I think it has something to do with modern culture but i don't know exactly what i'm kind of at a loss and the secret any and the, good takes on it the secret career could be kind of a like show yourself moment you know what i mean yeah true because one of the major criticisms throughout this is that God doesn't reveal himself to us because mm-hmm. you have the, in the chorus repeated, you won't even say your name. You say I am that I am, but who could ever live that way? Mm-hmm. So there's obviously this, this tension and this almost anger that God chooses to still not reveal himself, but instead totally. hide, hide behind these, I am that I am names. Mm-hmm. So then you get, and I can't help but feel that you've you've seen the mistakes, but you let it go, which directly parallels earlier in the song 
when he says, and I can't help but feel that I've made some mistake, but I let it go. It's shifting the blame. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's interesting to think about God making the mistake, right? Because that doesn't, that that kind of is, is, is contradictory to the whole idea of what God is. Um, Is, is, is this our narrator taking it personally? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. almost like, or, or like shifting the blame almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's kind of this hardening of their stance. And a sort of bitterness taking over, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, you, you've, you've had... It happens all the time in popular culture where people talk about how, you know, they're, they're turning their back on God or they're, they're feeling anger and we're blaming him. And this feels like the moment where you get closer to it because, you know, there, there are other moments in this album, other moments in this song where you just don't have any sort of, you know, like avarice towards God. It's really just like kind of this, you know, apathy. Mm-hmm. But this is that moment where it it does feel closer to that, which is which is notable. Yeah, definitely. And we get a chorus again, which I wanted to bring up. It's interesting the choice in the translation "I am that I am," because that's not universally accepted as the translation from the original text. So really, I actually, I actually was unaware of that. Yeah. So, um, the Hebrew of it is sorry if I butcher this, but Ayer Asher Ayer, um, or Ayer Asher Ayer, and the I am that I am is kind kind of universe almost universally accepted within biblical translations at this point. Mm-hmm. But in Judaism, the favorite translation is actually I will be what I will be. Interesting. Because there's later points within the Torah which use the same wording that indicate a future tense. Um, Some have translated it to actually say, I was what I was, I am that I am, and I will be what I will be. So it's the past, present, and future tenses, which is interesting because there's a parallel to a Catholic prayer um, um, where glory be the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. And so there is the sense within um, both Judaism and modern Christianity of God having an omnipresence that's outside of time where it remains before and present and after. And so I think that might be a full explanation of what's being communicated in this phrase. But it's also the... The choice of wor- words is very hotly contested within biblical scholarship because with one translation, you could have it be God telling Moses, like, 
don't worry about that. Like, here's, here's, yeah, here's like, a word. Shut that, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, here's, because names are something you say, you, you say to grow close to someone. And so, in that sense, should God's name be revealed? Because is it that type of relationship? Yeah. And so, this is almost a compromise in that there's a placeholder being given for the name. But there are some that believe that, like, like, no, this is actually the name. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up that other definition that kind of, to me, at least at first glance, expresses some sort of transience, you know, mm. um, which is, I feel antithetical to the whole idea of God, you know. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that's what was intended to be evoked here. Um, it's definitely something to talk about because it's interesting. Um I feel like that might even like strengthen the case of our, of our narrator. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that he chose that translation and kind of a foreshadowing of father of the bride where Christian allusions are using used over Jewish allusions. Cause I am that I am is much more recognizable than I will be what I will be. For sure. For sure. So then we get to the the beautiful bridge where we got some really cool references going on. So it, it's spoken as well. It's not really sung. Outside the tents on the festival grounds, as the air began to cool and the sun went down, my soul swooned as I faintly heard the sound of you spinning Israelites in the 19 nervous breakdown. So I... One, I, it just sounds so cool. It's very poetic. It's way more storytelling than we usually get, too. You know, mm-hmm. like you're setting a fairly specific scene here. Yeah. So what comes to mind when you hear this? So it's actually funny because it, it like, if you take all the lyrics in context, it feels like a music festival or something, right? Yes. Um, but when you're talking about biblical themes like this, the word tent to me feels like the Jewish people in the desert. I also think of the transfiguration um, mm-hmm. as well, where um, the, the, the chosen apostles make a, a tense for Moses, Elijah, and then Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the idea? Yeah. Um, I, think it, I think it tense in that context too. And it's Moses again here, yeah. you know, which is part of that. Um, so like, I think a lot of people's minds, including my own, are going to music festival here too. But like, the word tent specifically feels very biblical in this context as well. Yes. Um, it definitely feels like it's meant to do both. Mm-hmm. So there's, again, it's a comparing of the modern and the old where the modern is being at a musical festival and a DJ spinning Israelites and transitions to 19th nervous breakdown. So, but if you don't include those last two lines, you could easily have it be in this biblical setting where you're in the tents um, in the desert um, after Israel flees Egypt, but also festival has a double meaning in that there's many Jewish festivals throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone made a reference to the festival of Sakat, which restages the event of Moses and his followers living in tents. And so this yeah. could be a direct reference to that festival. Um, 
and so your 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 mind's almost like primed to like expect this like grand really vast statement from god <laughs> my soul mm-hmm. swooned as i faintly heard the sound and then instead it's two modern songs which just like completely places it on Ex- its head exactly and you know it could be this sort of thing i mean i you, you certainly wouldn't call any of these songs millennial but at the same time it's like it's it's bringing you closer to the modern world and making that connection between this you know this very very old world concept of judaism with the you know the jewish new york millennial yeah and then and i and it also like when you listen to these two songs um the influence is totally there you know mm-hmm. explicitly i'm israelites has been my dad showed me that song a long long time ago and it's a great you know like ska adjacent track um basically about a, a guy just like toiling through his life and then referencing the toil of the israelites yeah well it's also because of the um fact that within rastafarianism the it, there's this view that the people who descended from the slaves in jamaica are the true israelites wow i i guess that i never put that together i i guess i, I know basically nothing about rastafarianism but i didn't have a good concept of it being that abrahamic adjacent that's very yeah. interesting so in the same sense it's transitioning by referencing the song that is about that it's transitioning this viewpoint of the ancient israelites and their relationship with god to the modern man and their relationship with god in terms of why 19th nervous breakdown is chosen i'm unsure it's it's the first one of the first rolling stone songs i um actively like to kevin's uh nico and i go back about forth this all the time um no and it's funny this song came came up on shuffle for me a couple of days ago and you know it makes me think about how you know that's one of their earlier songs and it, it's it's a pretty it's pretty prescient um i mean it's like it's it's it lyrically themes that play well today um but also talks about how if you talk about the stones being a very important band in the development of popular music i mean that's 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 a really good case in point right there for one of the earlier hits but yeah why it's actually here i'm not sure maybe talking about some of the you know anxieties that people feel living in the modern world um yeah that's yeah, that's, that's my first thought there that would be my guess as well um additionally it just sounds cool 19th nervous breakdown oh it's it's a great song title for sure um but it, it definitely could be that this is the narrator's 19th nervous breakdown trying to mm-hmm. tackle their relationship with yeah. religion so but yeah i i love that bridge it's um it's very very much in line with the um I can't remember which song, but the line where it's um, he they fell in love with in the line of the falafel shop at Jerusalem. Oh, um, totally! Yeah, the spoken word thing plays into that very, very, very much. So I I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, apparently, Ariella has a writing credit for the bass line on this in the bridge here, which is kind of cool. Mm. Okay. Um, what song was? that that i'm referencing i'm forgetting um finger back right 
falafel shop at 103rd and Broadway. Yeah, that's Fingerback. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the use the use of those two songs where they're by using them as references, you're adding additional meaning to the song. I really like that. It's very Kanye-esque in how he uses his samples. Vampire mm-hmm. Weekend confirmed Wavy once again. Confirm, confirm Wavy. Um, check out the poll I put on the uh, on the Twitter account this morning. A better Christian rock who do you, fan. Who do you think I voted for? I think you voted for Kanye. No. You th- mm. I well, it's just I don't mm. think Kanye is a rock band. Well, but we, you 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 know you know my thoughts about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy being a classic rock album. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> that's what I was going off of, really. <laughs> um, and then like, <laughs> Ghost Town is like, it's not rock, but it's like soul. It's all it's heavy instrumentation. Like it's rock guitar. Um. But yeah, Kanye, Christian rock band. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the song. Um, one thing that's interesting in the music video is that it's not until we get to that bridge that we see any of the band members. Yeah, and during it, it the bridge, was... it is just Ezra with two champagne bottles going crazy, and then the whole band joins him at the end. But there's like little kids there too, which I thought was kind of funny. Kids, yeah. Um, what did? Yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to ask in general, like, why champagne? It's a celebration. Celebration of what, though? Um, there doesn't have to be a reason for it because it's not like a true like music video. They might have just been like, "This is cool." Um, and you're also juxtaposing the people in sackcloth with champagne, which is you know interesting. That might be part of the purpose. That's it. That, that that's a that's a good point um yeah because i mean when ezra shows up he's wearing this like cow- <laughs> i don't know how to describe it but this interesting cowboy jacket uh kind of and jeans and so yeah. i think he's very much embodying the modern man Fit and then in the next shot he's wearing something different um chris bear with the hood up is great. he looked so awkward he looked like he didn't want to be there <laughs> it was so funny um yeah yeah did you have anything else to add to the song um i think i i think i wrote down all of my notes here i mean super super deep song i mean it it really feels like this is doing so much heavy lifting um you know, for the album, but also, you know, like think about how good it would feel as a songwriter for, for, you know, for Rostam and Ezra to put this together and, you know, like make your case in such an eloquent mm-hmm. and taste, tasteful fashion, you know, that's got to feel good. And it's, it's, it's just cool to see that done so well here. Even if some of those sentiments change by father, the bride, it's a snippet in time of, you know, how those folks are feeling at this point in time. And, you know, that's it's it's cool to have that it's like yeah it's like like reading an old diary you know it's like how did i feel in 2012 2013 yeah i feel like this and step are the peak of vampire weekend's lyrical prowess oh my gosh yeah it, it 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 truly feels poetic it feels like something that has weight um 
for sure for sure completely agree so favorite lyric Ooh, i didn't even think about this um zion doesn't love you babylon don't love you but you love everything mm. oh this is hard um Um, the honorable mention is going to be in the dark of this place. There's a glow on your face. I think I got to choose the bridge. Um, my soul swooned as I faintly heard the sound of you spinning Israelites into 19th nervous breakdown. So your favorite lyric from your favorite song references a Rolling Stones song. Noted. me. Noted. I I thought for a long Nico time. Nico was incredulous when I told him that the Rolling Stones are my favorite all time. <laughs> I um I for the longest time thought he was saying um into nineteenth century breakdown, but um, yeah, yeah, I actually didn't catch that lyric until I listened today because mm. I don't listen to the song that much. Yeah, yeah, because I definitely heard Israelites, um, but. I thought he was just saying like he was listening to Israelites and then went into a breakdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Could be not a song illusion. No, it's just definitely fun. a song just... illusion. Because because in the part in the lyrical video, um, the songs are um, quote quoted song names. They are yeah. So it's it's uh, it's it's an explicit reference there. Yeah. Um, but top five. Cool. Great song. Great song. Top five. Uh, we're going to go with um, This Life, Strangers, Everlasting Arms, Unbelievers. Let's put White Sky in there. Mm. Do I have to say? Yahe. Hey. Okay. Um, this is interesting, I... though, where you go from here. I I was listening to Unbearably White this week and mm-hmm. remembered how great a song it was. So I'm gonna go with that for two. Then Everlasting Arms, and then Flower Moon, and un, um Hannah Hunt. Okay, interesting. I know yeah. you had Don't Lie up there for a while, so I was curious if you were going to keep it up there. Yeah, that was your number one for a few have, weeks. That probably should have been five. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'll, we, I'll change we, it. we got two more cracks at this. I mean, the next... I don't think Diane Young will make it, but Step definitely will. So I think... I think, I think the I think, top four pretty solidly in, and then Step will be the fifth for me. I think, I think both of these have a chance of making it for me. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Let's see so um hat for this week uh we have a san jose sharks um uh, flap rim cap um it's one of the coolest logos in sports looks like sharknado from um uh, the third generation of pokemon um sharpedo is sharpedo sharpedo because sharknado was the was the really really bad movie um Jeez, I, I enjoyed it I was it was it was tough um but then the background is um like the pattern of like a, a pool um you know kind of that like sh- like ripply thing um so this is the sort of thing that you'd like wear at the santa cruz boardwalk is basically what i'm getting after um great hat 
I, I like it. I wear it like once a year, but it's fun to have in the arsenal. So our song for next week is Diane Young. We <clears> only <throat> have one song left before our last song. So penultimate song, Diane Young. So tune in next week to hear us talk about Diane Young. Take it easy, folks. Um.